Behind every success story, there is a long line of triumphs and defeats that remain hidden from others. These stories get condensed into journeys that minimize the struggle and wrap up with a happy ending. But we know that's not how life works. That's where From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay comes in. On today's show, you'll hear honest conversations about the challenges that Mark's guest faced and how they overcame adversity. Now, here is your host, Mark Azoulay. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mark Azoulay, and I have a very special guest for you, my good friend, colleague, Miguel Lewis. Miguel, welcome to the show. Hey, hey. So Miguel uh, is a psychotherapist. He's a side, side D. He works at the VA in Florida. Um, and he's written a chapter in a book that's just come out. Um, the name of the book, you guys will be interested in this, is Uniting Men of Honor, Overcoming Adversity Through Faith. And he's written a book, a uh, chapter in that called From Open Wound to an Open Heart. So I'm really interested, even though it's not my background, I'm interested in these kind of um, faith-based men's groups, right? As I'm stepping more into the men's space, there's mm-hmm. a lot to learn, I think, from what the church has been doing with these men's groups, because it's existed way before I think therapy has ever picked it up, right? So yeah. there's like a lot to learn from the organizations that you're a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me tell you about that. Um, it's interesting, like, you know, the, the Band of Brothers organization, a part of isn't part of a church, right? Because I think that's, that may be part of the problem, because I think that, um, not part of the problem, but the, the difficulty is that a lot of men, men's ministries aren't really happening in the church, from what I understand, what I've, what I've kind of heard. So this is like outside the church. Now mm-hmm. we're faith-based, right? And so, um, but it's kind of outside the church. So what, so I've been involved in this organization probably about seven, eight years. A friend of mine, um, Kevin Hobbs got me interested, interested in it. And one of the big things they do is they have like these weekend events twice a year. We call them the, um, one's called the boot camp, like we have in November. And then there's like a rally point, like these kind of cool terms, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, like military terms in May. And at first I was like, man, I'm not going to a weekend event, man. We're going to sit around and like a bunch of guys and like just do some group therapy stuff. I do that at work, man. I was kind of reluctant, scared, a little worried about it. Like, But he kept on me, man. And so finally I went and it blew me away. You know what I'm saying? I went to the first one. Actually, we used to have it in January. Um, and uh, and it's interesting because they, they have a little bit of everything there. They have, um, if you want to shoot guns, you can do that. If you want to um, uh, hunt wild boars, you can do that at night. Mm-hmm. If you like playing basketball, dominoes. I mean, they got everything, you know, late night barbecues. I mean, you know, guy movies. I mean, you name it. I mean, so they got it. So that's what kind of like what we got to sell to kind of get guys there. Like we tell, tell guys, hey, you want to kind of weekend away from the family or just to kind of just unwind? Think about that. How often do guys do that? Mm-hmm. Never, man. We're always just yeah. doing supermarket stuff, you know, the stuff around the house. <laughs> you know, just, stuff. It is you know just in saying? that provider role, right? Getting stuck in that exactly, provider Exactly, man. Yeah. Right, right, right. And yeah. so it's, it's a weekend event where you get to get away, just kind of just hang and not to worry about things to do um and uh and these weekends um so they have all kinds of things like that but they also have um like the like the, the boot camp in november they have various speakers and i'm not talking about famous speakers i'm talking about regular guys mm-hmm. right that just get up there and tell their story um about maybe like a father wound or maybe like how they've overcome addiction or various things and um, it's all based on the book um stuff by a uh, wild at heart by john eldridge um and uh, he talks about a lot of things, talks about, um, you know, uh, men need to kind of like a battle to fight, um, uh, beauty to rescue and an adventure to live. And we kind of go through all those different things. He has like nine video segments where he's kind of like he's showing videos and then we have a speaker. And uh, it's just it's just powerful stuff. And, and guys get up there, speakers, and, and they cry. 
And um, and no one's like, you know, saying, oh, man, you're like a wimp or anything. No, that wouldn't happen. I think it would happen. Some probably beat him up. <laughs> we kind of we, we cheer him on or we're just like, not just cheer him, but we kind of clap. And we kind of, you, you got this, man, so they can get through their pain. But it's a wonderful display of like someone getting up there telling their story and 400 guys listening and really taking it in. And if they cry, we kind of, you know, kind of help them get through that. And then so they can continue the story, man. So I've been involved for about, oh, about uh, seven, eight years. And then it's, it's, it's evolved over the years as well. Um, we went from just the two boot camps, right? That we have them, two events. Um, and so then realized, well, guys are kind of being taken out, as we say. In other words, they, they're kind of hit by the enemy, meaning, that, you know, the Satan, the devil. And so they'll, they'll kind of end up doing some, you know, not so good things. So we realized we need to kind of have these weekly squads where they're either in person or now they're some of them online where they check in with the other guys. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things I lead as well. Colby, one of these uh, weekly squads, whole weekly actually. And um, just kind of keep guys plugged in. Great. Yeah, so it's like that integration piece too, right? For guys to stay in community and keep processing what they learned on the weekends. That's the thing. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not just all, all gone and like, all right, I'll see you in six months. Right. No, man, you want, yeah. And then it's even evolved further than that. Good point. Because then we have also, we have um, like we have like our Forgiving Forward series where like on Mondays, if you want to go to that, you can like an eight part series where they learn about forgiveness. Um, there's one um, on uh, overcoming like sexual addiction. You know, mm-hmm. with pornography stuff or other things that they have, you know, sexual addiction. And there's other one, um, just on just how to become like a better Christian and so forth. That's like a, um, uh, like a, the Timothy Project and so forth. So, so that's all things that they got throughout the year as well, in addition to our squads. So it's 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 grown over the years. It's gotten bigger and bigger, man. You know what I'm saying? And I'm on the leadership team, so one of the things we do is like 70 guys. We kind of you know organize the event. We get there early, we kind of put it in the gymnasium. We have like all kinds of like you know, um, camouflage stuff. And so it's like really cool. You can kind of see it's all kinds of, you know, you know, all kinds of soldier stuff in the front, man. So you're like going there like, whoa. And we just make sure they have a good time and, you know, and, and uh, things are really running smoothly. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so tell us about, about your personal journey to it. I mean, you said you were a little skeptical at first, but what had you finally go? And what was it like your first time there? Anything that stand out? Any memories or people that you met? Oh, oh good question. I think I just, my friend was, I was a good friend of mine. I'm Kevin Hobbs. He was persistent. And I said, all right, man, I'm just going to go, man. You know, this guy, he's helped me kind of learn how to come to Christ. And because um, when I was, when I was, you know, I was raised Catholic, but I really went C&E, you know, Christmas and Easter mm-hmm. here and there, man. You know what I'm saying? So, and so, but he helped kind of helped me in the importance of, of God. And he, uh, we would go to church with them. And I said, well, let me just try this. And so the first time, I think I was just, it's been a while, but I was just blown away by just guys being pumped up for like Christ. I'd never seen that before. People just pumped up and they were they were praying and you know they had prayer sessions if you wanted to. It wasn't it was optional, but if you wanted to, guys would get up there and they'd be weeping and laying things out. And they had these cool guy movies and and uh, and then you know you'd hear things like the like the one guest speaker talked about a Cuban man talked about his father, um, and he said his father. This is back in the '60s, I think. He said his father would or this early '70s. His father, so father once said, "Okay, let's go strap up." And he and his father went from like, it's crazy, right? Went from bar to bar to um, try to find these dudes. And uh, no, let me see. No, they tried to, no, they, did you say strap up? No, he didn't say strap up. I'm sorry. But he just wanted him to kind of go around to these bars. And for some reason, they never, um, they did find these individuals, thank God. And then, um, and then at night, I think he said one time something happened and it was kind of like, you know, pretty uh, scary. But he realized that, um, that his father didn't really love him. Mm-hmm. You know, his father didn't really love him. It's just more about him, the father, than it was him. So I was like, first I started hearing about the father wounds and 
and what was going on, man. You know, so that kind of hit me like, huh, this is something going on here, man. So, yeah. yeah. What are some of the things that you learned, or like, what takeaways did you have? Um, from that, well, I think the one was the the father wound because um, they ask. What's interesting about those weekends is they have you journal part of the time, mm-hmm. and um, what you do is you. Like he'll say, what kind of father wound do you have? Or they'll have various questions, but that's the one that really hit me hard. And um, that's one of the big things that kind of hit me. Like, you know, did your father, like, what did you learn from your father? And did you, did your father, did you feel loved and cared for by your father? Or did your father ever tell you that you had what it takes? And that was kind of like, sort of hitting me. I'm like, huh. Like, you know, because I answered the first one. Yeah, I learned this from my father, but the other three, I didn't really, like, I answered no, I didn't really feel loved by him. You know, I didn't really, he never told me I had what it takes and things like that. So that's, that's one of the things they got took away from, from those weekends, man, you know what I'm saying? And stuff. I didn't realize that I was, I was even, you know, I never heard of father wound. I maybe I heard of it, but I'm like, oh, what's that? But those weekends sort of really kind of started hitting me. And then also sort of realizing through those weekends that you, you, um, you overcome the father wound or work through it or kind of address it by through like through God and also other men. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing. And so this may sound a little controversial. I don't mean to be controversial, but they say it, it's very difficult. They say you shouldn't go to a woman for that. Not that women can't do that. Right. But I've even heard, I think, I think Brene Brown talked about it takes a woman who has a, who's done a lot of work, a lot of therapy to be able to kind of, to be able to kind of help a man when he goes to her and says, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, help me. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel like, I don't feel I know what I'm doing. So that can kind of maybe scare some women. So what we say is that it's, it's, it's what we would be kind of recommend is going to, going to your squad and going to God for that validation that you, that you know that you're good enough. Right. So, cause if you don't, right, then you may just hit the bottle for pornography or just isolate. That's a big one. Isolation is the worst. Yeah. So that's why we want to connect. Yeah. Yeah. Would you feel comfortable talking more about your father, like what your relationship was like with him and yeah. what your version of the father wound looks like? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, it was, um, I wrote about this in my chapter and yeah. I think my father was was there for me, you know, um, growing up. I mean, you know, he uh, he worked, you know, he worked a long hours, but he was there. But not until later that I kind of realized that the father wound, and this is not too long ago, it was kind of uh, kicking up because I would I would ask him, you know, hey, you want to go to watch some tennis? Right? Well, tennis? No, no, I can't do that. Or, hey, why don't you guys uh, kind of move up or just uh, move up here because he lives about an hour south. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, no, nah, mom's not interested in that. Mom's interested, but I'm not interested in that. Or I say, hey, why don't you kind of come up and just kind of check out, check out, um, you know, your granddaughter's um, uh, event coming up? No, no. So that rejection through oh, it's all through text. Right. Um, that's how we kind of communicated a lot. Um, those started kind of hitting me, mm-hmm. right? You know, and that's when I, I think that I really felt the father one later, and um, it just started hurting more and more, you know. And so that was becoming more painful. Yeah. So feeling like you weren't a priority, or that you weren't that important. I think that's. I think that's part of it. I think I didn't feel cared for it. I didn't feel loved. Okay. I was looking for the connection with my father, even in my own group therapy about probably I don't know, 12 years ago. I even talked about it then. And, uh, and I was saying, in fact, then I asked my, I asked my dad, Hey, I want to connect, connect with you. I want to be close to you. Hey, let's go watch some tennis, which is interesting. Cause I asked him that not too long, not too long ago. Right. Um, and I said, I think I rejected him by saying tennis. 
you know, and so my own group therapy said, dude, that was, the, that was the way your father was connecting with you, man. Run with that. Don't criticize him. Get, you know, and I'm like, oh, right. But I think I, for some reason, I wanted something more than that. And I made it, and, and, you know, and so I was thinking just tennis. I want a weekend with you, man. I want to hang out, go camping, connect in a better, in a, in a more fulfilling way. But, you know, that didn't really happen. And so, um, over time, but I think I realized maybe the, the beginnings that was, there was a longing that kind of, kind of connect with my dad. Yeah. I think that's normal for all kids, right. To have that longing to connect with your parents. And I think especially yes. for men of that older generation, it's like they focus so much on survival and security because they had to. Yes. Right, that now they have kids like us that have emotional needs. And they don't quite know how to deal with that. Exactly. Because right? it's a whole new language. It is. It is, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, a lot of times what we talk about in these, um, you hear in these um, in these speeches are that, 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 that wounded people, um, well, what is it? Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Right. And so what happened was like, you know, I think my grandfather, he never talked about it, but I know he had a father wound mm-hmm. because he talked about his grandfather or his father. When he was six, he was like some sort of contraption going down a hill for like some farming thing. And it was with some horses. And he's six. And he said he couldn't do it. I guess he was losing control of the horses. And his dad said, I don't care if you're losing control. You got to do this. And I was like, and I think he wrote about this one. That's a lot of stress for a six-year-old. <laughs> right? And so, and then I asked my father recently, did you have a father wound? He said, no. I never father wound. I had a pretty good relationship with my father. But he didn't talk to me much. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's exactly what I'm trying to do with you. <laughs> Yeah, so you get kind of that like lineage, right? That like it's getting passed yeah. down of what a man exactly. should be and what a father should be. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Now you're right. And these days we're, 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 I think we have emotional needs. So we're trying to expand what the role of a father is. It's not just a provider, mm-hmm. not just a moneymaker, you know what I'm saying? And so, or just someone that, you know, helps around the house and does the grass. It's, we want more than that. So it's changing. Yeah. How would you define like the modern father role? Oh, what does it mean to be a father in 2023? Oh my God, that's a good question. Um, well, I, man, you're making me think here. <laughs> uh, so I think for me, I think I can I can define it as um, I have two daughters. You know, there's 18 and um, and 15, mm-hmm. and um, I think because of my you know being a psychotherapist and uh, doing this type of work where there's not only father wounds but we see about the others. Um, that how fathers can also wound their daughters, right? And so, um, and I think I've mostly wounded my daughters in the past. Um, I've regretted that. I've learned from it. But I, I, I think uh, they're very important to me, man. And I remember my younger daughter prior to the pandemic said, you know what, dad? I'm probably 12. When I grow up, I'm going to tell my kids that you only had dinner with me about six times. Man, that hit my, hit my heart. Yeah, like God. Like a dagger, man. I was like a shotgun to the chest, mm-hmm. and um, and believe it or not, I, I didn't I didn't really change much. It, it, it hurt me, but I was just wrapped up in work, and I, and I I'm a perfectionist at work, and I knew she was important to me. And I'd, I'd walk home every day to my car and feel regret and anger and guilt, and but not until the pandemic did that change. Mm-hmm. That that it forced me to kind of be home, and then I could be dinner with them. But it wasn't for the pandemic; I might have still, unfortunately, still did that. So so my role as a uh, father is just to. Uh, as a provider, um, but also someone who's deeply involved in the family. You know what I'm saying to to be there for my daughters and to text them and just and to you know be there for their games and to uh, encourage them and to be patient even when I think they're being you know freaking teenagers that drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. 
Yeah, I mean, it, that's expanding into a new way, right? Because I think, yeah, as men, like we know how to provide, we know how to fight, we know how to go out there yeah. and like, crush it. But when it comes to like right. being emotionally attuned and being present and, you know, it's a, it's a lot slower, I think, right? It's a lot like, it's more gradual mm -hmm. um, and it's not as black and white, right? You don't yeah. always get a good outcome. So I was like, okay, that was like a weird night, but I guess, I guess I was present. I don't know. Right? That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You think you were present and whereas work, you just need, you know, you're pretty good at that, you know, because we, we do it so much and we're, we're good at it or we find our validation through it or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, what the other thing is like, sometimes I drop the ball sometimes with my daughters, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, ooh, right. And so, but I, uh, I think that, you know, I ask for forgiveness and, uh, I've made big mistakes and I think, you know, it's painful at the time. And then over time, the things get a bit easier. And then, you know, the wound, I think sometimes is still there. Uh, I try to help them know that I'm there for them, you know, and I make mistakes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I guess try to help them like integrate and recover from that. Right. Like you can have the rupture, yeah. but the repair is also critical. That's the truth, man. Yeah. yeah. That's the key. Yeah. yeah, man. I hear that. And I think there's also like, it's weird, you know, I speak with my, um, older clients and talk about fathers there's something that i think is new is like going into the kid's world right because i think mm -hmm. historically the kid would come into the parents world or the father's world and like oh like let's learn stuff that i'm into right like let's go farm let's go do tennis let's go fish whatever it is whatever the dad was into i think there's yeah. this call now to like enter your child's world and like hang out and play the video game that they're playing right or like listen to the story that they care about or like learn about their friends or you know take a look at their fashion or whatever it is, right? I think that's like very new for dads. <laughs> we never yeah. had to enter the kid world. We would just kind of stay in the dad world, you know? That's true. In a way, it's, it's uh, um, I mean, that's kind of a judgmental say to look at it, but it may be kind of be seen as selfish when you just say, no, we're going to go sailing this weekend. You're going to come with me. And the kid right. may not like sailing it at all. And then you ask him many years later, they say, I think, I think John Eldridge, the, the, the um, author of Wild at Heart, talked about, sto talked about stories, I think, of, uh, he has had some friends, they said they would go sailing and, and the kids would say, I, I hated that. You know, I hated sailing. So you're right. You have to kind of go into their worlds and, um, and be, do what they like. <laughs> like really get to selfless, know like it, man. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. But in my case, I think I like the stuff. I mean, my, my, um, my older daughter is big into videos. She, she takes videos of all of our, our trips. Uh, it's like a three-minute video. And I'm always giving her feedback. What? There needs to be more talking, man, or longer. And, you know, she's like, you know, she does her own thing. But I have to appreciate that. But there's always a good capture of the um, of our weekends. And my younger daughter, is uh, she's big into cross-country now. And I remember one time I was, um, the last 100 yards, I was running alongside of her, you know, beside, and I was kind of cheering her on, tears in my eyes. And it was just a, a big moment. I, I loved it, man. You know what I'm saying? It was uh, it was fun to do that. Man. So they're probably like, who's that goofy dad running along beside the kids? That's me, bro. That's yeah, a, that's it's, a, it's a big dad moment. Yeah, yeah. Those exactly. are great examples of entering their worlds, right? Yeah, no, yeah. It's it's as fun, exciting, and uh, you know, and it's uh, that's what I'm, I'm. Some of those moments, well, it's it's a uh, it's fun to be a dad. Yeah, yeah that's man. awesome. Well, we're gonna move to our first commercial break now. Um, yeah, when man. we get back, I want to chat a little bit more about um, what's going on with modern masculinity. I think you've talked, mm -hmm. you alluded a little bit to the validation that a lot of men need. You've talked about. Um, that's the, the language I use for is like a need for initiation, a need mm. of like going from like boy to man, right? And marking that transition. 
Um, and then okay. the need for, for father, right? A need for paternal, whether that be through a group of guys, through a relationship with God, through a mentor. I mean, I think a lot of guys really need that. So I think we got a lot to talk about when we come back. Um, for those listening, hang on in there and we'll see you on the other side of the commercial break. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. In Mark's work with high performers and business owners, it is becoming increasingly clear to him that their biggest obstacle to success is themselves. They are experts in their field, but are dragged down by their anxiety, poor time management, inability to focus, or self-sabotage. His role is to help you overcome these emotional and organizational issues so that you can truly excel in your business and your personal life. One of the most common hurdles that he sees is perfectionism, a crippling anxiety around performance. It's a fear of not being good enough, being publicly embarrassed, or of disappointing others. These fears paralyze brilliant people and bring them to their knees. This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit mark-azulay.teachable.com. That's mark, M-A-R-C, dash, azulay, A-Z-O-U-L-A-Y, dot, teachable, dot com. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to podcast at mark-azoulay.com. Now, back to From the Ashes. Welcome back to the show. I'm sitting here with Miguel Lewis, and we're talking about father wounds and modern masculinity. Um, so Miguel, I want to dive in, pick up where we left off. Okay. I'm curious, you, you were alluding to, which I agree with um, the state of modern masculinity, right? And this need that guys have for validation, for knowing that they got it, right? For knowing that right, they're right. worthy. Um, can you say a little bit about that, about what needs you see guys coming in with to your organization, Band of, Band of Brothers? Um, yeah, so I think, well, I think one of the good, good ways to um, 
describe that is that, um, and John Eldridge talks about this in his book, Wild at Heart, and also the videos about posing. In other words, you ask a guy how he's doing, man, I'm, I'm killing it, man. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm great, man. I'm, I'm, I'm. But meanwhile, maybe they're just uh, overworking or they're excessive pornography, right? Or, 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 they're, um, or they're just out of tune with their family or they're really depressed or they're drinking. All kinds of stuff is going on. We may not even know. Mm-hmm. And so how do they deal with it? Do like, do their, you know, they deal with it? Like I just said, all the addictions or other things, right? They Because they're afraid to open up to other men and say what's really going on. Um, our organization um, talks about the importance of that. We see that. And we see that when the speakers get up there and they're telling their story. They're really opening up. They're crying about it. They're really talking about their, their emotions, how it was, you know, they're depressed or anxious or, or, or whatever, or they're on the brink of a divorce from the marriage and the guy got involved and then, you know, and then things changed. Um, and so um, that's what I think what we're trying to try to get at men to kind of really open up. And that's what we talk, that's what we really talked about in our in our um, squads, as we call them, like these these online or in-person groups. So we have them. It's not a Bible study. And that's the thing. People say, oh, it's a Bible study. No, man, you can get a Bible study in your church. Bible study is important, but not there, man. There is a place where we can really open up about what's really going on. Right. And so. Um, that's the thing. And that's where we, and, and I kind of leave it like a group, even though in, the, in those things, I, I tend to self-disclose a little bit more because I'm a member as well, as well as a, just, as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but where people really, really open up about some stuff, man. And, uh, and I think guys need that. You know, we all need it. We, we may think we, we don't need it or, or, or not admit to it, but and that may be the old philosophy. Men are this or that, or that are always like, like steel, never opening up and never showing emotion, but that's not healthy, man. You know, I think a modern man, someone who can be be a badass, you know, shoot a rifle or or defend his home or do good at work or kind of say no to people when they have to say no, but can also be, you know, that it can also be very nurturing and, and caring. So I think that's my definition of a full man. I love that. Yeah, I think we yeah. have a lot in alignment, right? Like, yeah, see it as like guys, we like to be masters of tools, right? And it's like you gotta yeah. have a tool every situation right like sometimes right, yeah right. you got to get out there and you got to kick ass and you got to slay or you got to just you know endure sometimes right. you got to be really gentle with your daughter right sometimes you have to be right you know, a great your son too or your son yeah. right yeah like sometimes right. you have to put on a different tool and i think there's a lot of courage in facing those emotional demons as well as the physical demons outside right like locking up clamming up isn't isn't being courageous right it's just like hunkering down yeah. and hiding most of the time you know that's a very good point it's not courageous that's a great way of putting it yeah 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 i do a lot of that with just today and, and uh i met a man for the first time and uh uh and um and, and when i was doing some therapy and i often kind of say when they're open up to me i said man that's really brave that you're kind of open up now really yeah. brave move i want to kind of encourage their opening up not saying not being quiet about it or just i'm gonna really kind of make them say hey this is good to kind of open up this other dude that i, I don't even know right that this is a good thing yeah, because yeah, I, I think as men, especially as young men, like we all want to be the hero, right? Yeah. Like hero. we all want to have badass. that hero thing. You're badass, right? You want to go out there. You want to slay the dragon. You want to find the yeah. damsel in distress, right? Like you want to come right. back and be king. And I yeah. think I think the emotional work is that. I think it is a hero's journey, right? Of going into those darker parts of yourself um, and fighting with them, right? And coming out stronger, right? Getting yeah. that like powerful sword or whatever, right? That you get at the end of your quest and like being exactly. stronger because of it being able to be more present, more happy, um, beat an addiction, right? Yeah. Beat a, a fear, something like that. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to this, this 
this uh, through this chapter I wrote a little bit because um, in I talked about my father wounds with the men in my group. So it's a little bit different than a traditional group leader where you kind of say much. I, I I I needed the group to talk about my anger at my father. I, so I was you know saying so I was I was pissed at him, angry at him. I would curse, and then um, but something kind of strange happened where like like um, like a, I don't know three two three months after doing that. One guy, I mean, Michael Long in my group says, hey, man, you know, you're no longer angry at your father. And I was like, holy shit. And I, and he, and I think uh, and I think I realized he might have said this. He might. Have, I think you forgave your father. And I didn't even realize it. But I think that happened through. And that was a big, big moment because I was like, man, my, where's my anger, man? And I think that happened because I, 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 I think through Christ in the group, I learned how to I forgave him and they didn't even realize it. I had compassion for my father because I knew realized that he had a sleeping disorder that led into uh, depression and anxiety, and he was a changed man. He went from you know being so involved in many activities to kind of closing down, right, because of his because of the depression, anxiety, and the sleeping disorder. And I think I, even, I, I knew this because right, I knew my dad was only sleeping about three or four hours a day as opposed to his seven before. And but then when I, one day I just kind of googled. I said three to four hours a day. What uh what effects does it have? And it said depression. Now I knew my dad was depressed, but somehow reading that that one day hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, oh shoot. So I felt a little guilty, but also, uh, but also I felt understanding and a compassion for my father. Is like my dad is not just a little mild depression; it's like severely depressed and anxious. That's a damn tough combination. So I think through through that and thinking about my father, I realized you know he's doing the best he can. That's not a justification of rationalizing it. He's doing the best he can. Sure, I'm still I was still disappointed with him a little bit, but I'm like, man, you know, between that and growing up in this era, I had to kind of realize maybe there's some things that I never I may never get my father, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And maybe sometimes I think I said sometimes maybe you're being a father to your father, mm-hmm. you know. And so and that so I realized you know what I got to rely on God and these men in front of me for the needs that I that I need that I want. And so through through getting angry and pissed. I was able to kind of, like they say, you know, go from um, a wounded, uh, wounded heart. I mean, what did I say? Go from a, um, an open wound to an open heart. I had more love and compassion, and understanding for my father. Yeah, that's a lovely story, and I think that it just Thank so you. encapsulates the journey, right? It's like, oh yeah, just, just underline some of the things you're saying. Is like your pain, like this is I think important for guys to hear, right? Like having compassion for your father in this case doesn't yeah. minimize your pain. Your pain is still real. Yeah, but the, yeah, right. The anger isn't directed at him anymore. So now you can actually yeah. do some of the healing of that pain and you yeah. can see him as an imperfect being, which we all are, right? Like we're all human, yeah. we're all imperfect and you can see him for how he is and love him for how he is. I think that's so critical. But it, it's that whole cycle of going through like, oh shit, my parents aren't perfect. Oh crap, Th- that means that they wounded me. Oh no, right? Like now yeah. I'm mad at them. Like how could you have done any better? But then you realize like right. they were doing the best I could, right? And there is healing to be done there. And then now you can say, yeah, you can pick up the torch and give your dad maybe some of that more emotional needs that he doesn't, he's not able to do. It's not like he's not, he's not like he's withholding it from you, right? He's not able to do it for anybody, including himself, right? Exactly. Like he's just not capable of that. Exactly, right? Yeah, he's not capable of it. And you know, he tried therapy once and stuff, you know, a couple of times. And he used to go to some couples therapy with my mom mm-hmm. and so forth, but he's not really into therapy, man. Maybe part of his error. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, you know, and he's not a believer. So I'm thinking, ooh, if you don't have a, you're not a believer and you don't have any therapy, ooh, man, you're on your own, man. And so that, so I, that's another thing I realized that, you know, he's he's doing the best he can, man. You know what I'm saying? He's, so, yeah. So I give him credit. 
Exactly. Yeah. So tell me, tell me more about the, the God piece, right? Like, I think that's where your organization and mine differ a little bit, but I'm very interested in um, how you bring in the faith-based component. Can you say a little bit more about yeah. that? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. And so let me go back to this, um, this, um, these events that we have. So we don't start off by, you know, the day one, you know, um, uh, by having prayers and all this stuff right now. And so, and so we, we have to have guys realize it's like a, it's like, it's a fun weekend. We can do all kinds of guy stuff, but then there also was time for, um, you know, through the stories, you realize how people overcame adversity through Christ and so forth. And it's also prayer time, but we, but we build that in and, um, we, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's there throughout the whole, the whole weekend. Guys are praying for each other. And, and you may have a lot of non-believers there too that are coming. And they just, you know, some saying they they may come to our thing before they would come to a church. In fact, I think a lot of if you look at the church these days, a lot of men aren't going to church, man. Yeah. You know, they're just not going to church. Maybe because they're not into it or it's not important, they'd rather watch the game, or I don't know what million reasons, but we're trying to get guys to come to this because um a lot of guys, a lot of guys a lot of guys will just want to you know shoot a gun or just hang out or just have a weekend to themselves. So that's why we get them in. So we get them in that way, and we also see if they if they want to kind of um you know, find God. And so at, um, they have an opportunity through, um, through these events one time over the weekend where if they want to kind of, um, you know, they want to, uh, dedicate themselves to God or rededicate themselves to God and they have an opportunity to kind of do that. You know what I'm saying? And so to get closer. So that's how we're, we're trying to do that. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to be men that open up to other men and realize that they're important while at the same time realizing that, uh, God is important as well. You know, yeah. What role has God played in your life? Because you said that you, right, you were raised Catholic, but weren't super into it. But now it sounds right. like you leaned into it a lot more. Like, yeah, that's true. I think I, it's it's been a big difference. Um, yeah. because uh, you know, I, I pray every day. I pray during the day. It's like a battle being a therapist, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying we're we're kind of getting hit, you know, absorbing all their stuff, and so it's you know, I pray during the day, you know, to just to get me through the day. Um, to have, to have patience. Some days, if I, you know, every once in a while I don't sleep well or or, you know, sometimes there's been an onslaught of new patients. And so we're just like, oh, my God, how many people are there, are there in this world? You know what I'm saying? How am I going to another new patient? And so what am I, I got huge caseloads. How am I going to deal with this? And so I, 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 I pray, I get down on my knees um, at times, you know, on the side of my bed. And um, I do that. And also I realize sometimes that through these, through these like these uh, Zooms, but also in person, when other guys lay their hands on me, and they pray for me, that's when it really gets powerful. Because it's mm. prayer for me is one thing, but other people praying for you and around you or at these events. I did that for the first time. I, I went to my um my friend, my Kevin Hobbs, who was there, and he prayed for me. It was powerful. You just unload. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's it's cathartic. So I think it's just, you know, doing these events, um, going to church. Um I just think that it's it's uh it's good to have God in my life. And I think it also explains what well, we see a lot of um, real bad stuff happen in this life. It's like, well, how did that happen? Well, I don't know. It just there's things that no, I said, no, man, that's the enemy. That's the Satan that's gotten this person's life. And that's why they that these, these kids are kind of maybe shooting these other people or, or getting involved in all these bad things. It's uh, Satan's getting involved in their life. They kind of grip them. And that happens when they don't have a squad or men around them or some, some sort of connection with men or other people or some sort of organization to help them out. They're isolated on their own. Yeah, I'm so curious about that interaction, right, between, and you seem like the purpose to ask, right, because you're both trained in psychology, and yeah. you have this faith-based background, right, so yeah. the question I'm asking might be a little direct, but it's like, what are your beliefs about evil, right, because I think psychology would talk about how, you know, it's trauma, and it's conditioning, and these people are often victims, 
whereas my limited understanding of Christianity is that there is Satan, there is the evil, there is like true yes, like yes. badness in the world. Um, so I'm just yes. curious you know, how you reconcile that or or how you what your form of that is. Because well, it's, it's a good question. Yeah. I think uh well I don't I don't deal with it, I don't think about it. It's interesting when I put my psychology hat on therapist, I don't think about it that much, although I'm, you know, because I don't think I I don't do too much trauma work and so you'll hear about it, but I live the people with the PTSD stuff, but um, PTSD department. But I think in general, when I see bad things happening in life, like really bad things um, in the news and so forth, that's where I think Satan's involved. But I, but it doesn't necessarily have to be even that that grave stuff. It could just be like, hey, I'm, for instance, if I it didn't happen today, but let's say if it happened today where I get an argument with my wife right before we're doing this, all of a sudden I'm really sleepy. I'm like, oh my God, I don't feel like doing this today. Then we view that it could be Satan getting involved as well, wanting to kind of get in the way of something that's important to you. They say if, if you're just kind of coasting on in life and kind of on the sidelines, right? Not really getting involved in, in God's work. Well, Satan's not going to bother you. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about this dude. He's not doing anything. But we start bringing, trying to get guys to these events and trying to, you know, and then you start realizing, Ooh, you know, he, he's trying to come after you, man, and trying to and uh, get involved. And that's called spiritual warfare. I didn't know that term when I first heard it. Like, what is that? But spiritual warfare is like all kinds of things happening around you. Like the devil's trying to get involved. We don't see all this stuff, but they're trying to really get involved and trying to mess you up and kind of just attack. And unless you have a group of guys around you and trying to stay prayed up and, and read, read the Bible, you're going to get taken out, man. So that's the thing. you got to be prepared and and, uh, and equipped. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so that's what the Band of Brothers is, it sounds like, right? Yes. It's, like, it's those squads that are out there fighting the good fight. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Squads, the events, the, uh, you know, the, um, the, the two big events a year, the, uh, also the zoom things about forgiving forward and all those different things about forgiveness and all that so we try to just hit different aspects of men to kind of um to keep them ready mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting that's interesting yeah I, I think where mine you know deviates is it's much more around like community and bringing people together um mm-hmm. but i can see mm-hmm. the power of having like a shared enemy right yeah that can really bring guys together on like a mission yes exactly or yeah. my organization it's more about like you know, I, I see it. I mean, my analog is more of like a, um, like a hunting lodge, right? So it's right. like you go yep. out in your, in your life, you're doing your hunts, you're like having your adventures. And then you come back to the men's lodge and you, you know, swap stories, you make meaning of what you just did during the day. You share a little bit, right? Like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you cry if you need to, right? But, it, yeah. but then you go back out into the world, right? You go back on the right. hunt right? Um, yeah. to do what you need to do. Right? And that's cool too. It sounds yeah. like you people are opening up and they're kind of sharing stories. And they're, and they're healing, you know. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And, and they're also having, and, and making meaning, and they're also doing fun things. I think that, you know, you tell a guy, do you want to, hey man, you want to kind of, uh, you know, you want to kind of uh, just like do some sort of boring event the weekend? I don't know about that. But tell him, man, you want to go to that where my guys like, we're going to go out, you know, camping, we're going to do some, mm-hmm. you know, uh, gonna look at wildlife. I'm like, hell yeah, man. Guys need adventure, man. Yeah. Guys need, need adventure. adventure. And guys yeah, bond man. over adventure. Like we need to like That's overcome true, hardship true. together is how is masculine bonding. Right. Exactly. And and they and you get that through like you do it do an activity and then you talk about it. Just yeah. talking about it might be just like guys are gonna open up right off the bat. Yeah, you have to be bat. like, okay, we went through some bullshit together. Now I feel more connected <laughs> to you. <laughs> so now we, we can, can talk about we it. Can yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, this is great. We got to move to our final commercial break here. Um, when we get back, I want to talk directly to the listeners about if they want to heal their father wounds, if they want to get involved in the organization, if they're looking for groups of guys, um, any advice or tips you might give them. Um, yeah. So if you're listening, hang on in there and we'll see you on the other side of the commercial break. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. In Mark's work with high performers and business owners, it is becoming increasingly clear to him that their biggest obstacle to success is themselves. They are experts in their field, but are dragged down by their anxiety, poor time management, inability to focus, or self-sabotage. His role is to help you overcome these emotional and organizational issues so that you can truly excel in your business and your personal life. One of the most common hurdles that he sees is perfectionism, a crippling anxiety around performance. It's a fear of not being good enough, being publicly embarrassed, or of disappointing others. These fears paralyze brilliant people and bring them to their knees. This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit Mark dash azulay dot teachable dot com that's mark m a r c dash azulay a z o u l a y dot teachable dot com voice america programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. You are listening to From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to podcast at mark-azoulay.com. Now, back to From the Ashes. Welcome back to the show. In the final segment, we talk directly to you, the listener. Um, so Miguel, if there's someone listening, a, a guy that wants to get involved, right? That's like, oh shit, like I don't have a squad. I don't have a band of brothers. I don't have this kind of community. Um, I want to do some work on connecting and, and tapping into my masculinity. How do you think they should start? Yeah, good, good question. Um, I think one of the main things is like that. I got a website. It's called unitedmenofhonor.com um, that they can go there and, um, you know, you can, uh, uh, get hooked up with um, a guy named uh, Kenny Hobbs. There's actually the uh, one of the brothers of my good friend Kevin Hobbs, who's really kind of um, he was actually the author of this book. You know, the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the editor and also the author as well of this thing that I met of honor, a book of coming verse through faith. And through that organization, I mean that website, you can find out about um, events happening here in Florida. Now, if they live outside of Florida, I'm sure we can find something because they have they have you know been of others events in I think in different you know. They have it in Texas and California and Colorado or Atlanta, the different places that they can come have them get involved and learn more about this organization. Then, so yeah, that's cool. Sure. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, I'm curious, like, because the question that my guys ask, I'm curious your thoughts on it, right? Yeah, is they they're in a men's group, right? Or say they go to one of your retreats and they have these really powerful, um, emotionally intimate experiences with other guys, right? And yeah. then 
kind of naturally, they look around at the other guys in their life and they're like, oh shit, I'm not having this with my other friends, right? Like with right. my drinking buddies or my hunting buddies or, you know, in Colorado, your hiking buddies. Yeah. Um, how do, how does a guy bring what he learned that in these kind of really contained environments into the real world? Because for, for me, that's so important, right? Like I don't want people to not have friends in the real world and just be relied on my therapy groups, right? Like I want them to practice right. in my therapy group and then be able to bring it into the actual world. For me, that, that is success. Um, like bring so, like like bring one to the real world i mean like uh oh bring like just emotional intimacy bring like masculine uh, yeah, connection yeah. bring um you know kind of yeah. emotional integrity right i think all the stuff that you practice in in the groups right in for in your squads and in my therapy yeah. groups um, yeah so what would you say to a guy that, that needs to take that next step right um to go from like the squad to like uh to like to life to life yeah um good question I think, uh, I think, well, I think a lot of things is that, you know, the, the, we like, say that again, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little mixed up here. I'm, I'm yeah. mixed up, sorry. I'll try to be more clear. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess my question is how would somebody integrate what they've learned in the right. retreats and in the squad work that you do and apply it to their real life, right? Yeah. Like outside okay. of the kind of contained environment that both of us provide? That's a tough one because I think a lot of, um, let's say they, they, they learn a lot about opening up and then, but their buddies at work, they still may look kind of reluctant or maybe they invite their buddies to one of these events and they're like, nah, man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even though they see their buddies kind of struggling and like, man, you need this, man, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, nah, I'm not doing that religious stuff, man. I'm not gonna, like, oh, that's not about that. That's just about that. It's other things too. And like, let me consider it. You know, I think it, it, it might be tough to kind of like to, um, to sell it. Some people, like, for instance, when I try to sell these events, uh, or I shouldn't say sell, promote them, some guys I have to hit a lot. Some guys, they never, they're just never interested. I have good friends of mine. They, they're just not interested. Even though, even though they, have, you know, they have good marriages, I think still there's always something to kind of work on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if, and if you're doing well, then come to the organization and then um, bring other men to the organization. That's, that's our kind of, kind of message. That's how we integrate it is by kind of bringing more men. We want more, more events, men to come to these events um and kind of learn and to uh you know and to grow that's our mission i think one of the uh, um one of the main things um that uh, they talk about is it's not about you it's not about you man it's about bringing more men to uh to the kingdom when i heard that man i think my friend kevin hobbs says hey how many men have you talking to the group that's me how many men have you brought to christ and i was like what but the christ man i gotta worry about the bills this week right i gotta worry about but that was a game changer. It's a different way of thinking. Right? Just like recently, I've talked to I've a lot of people, like not just reading the Bible, but they, they incorporate the Bible into their lives. I've been going to these events for like seven years, and I kind of just gradually realized that, oh, they're not just reading it. They're like, they're using it every day. They're kind of, that was a you know, game changer, man. So I think that's what it is, kind of just getting, you know, trying to see if other people are interested. And uh, some may, some may not, but to be persistent, mm-hmm. to get involved, yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah, oh, really... oh, one last thing. Okay. I said, I said, I saw some mess. I forgot. So the person that met, that talked about this is not just about you. It's about bringing other men. It's Guy Shashadi. He's the um, he's the leader. Um, and and uh, brought um, uh, you know, Band of Brothers to Florida. He, a lot of I think, was some of the people went to the event in um California and then and asked um, you know, John Elders, can we use some of your videos and bring it here to Florida? Because you know, I think actually Colorado is where they have it. They have these big events that John Elders does, but they're they're but they're waiting lists and so forth. So we asked. If we can bring it to Florida, and uh, he said, "Yeah, we've been doing it for like ten years." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. really that's really cool. You know, I 
part of my I have the whole thing on masculinity, right? But one of the values I think is critical for men is honor, right? And the way mm-hmm. that I define honor is like having a code, having a code of ethics, having something that you believe in, right? And something that, especially under fire, you stick to, right? And whether that be, you know, derived through therapy, whether that be derived through faith, whether that be derived through, you know, introspection and philosophy, doesn't, for me, doesn't matter where it comes from. But I think having an honor code is critical. And a guy that is like wishy-washy, right? Or that is like a chameleon, right? Or a people pleaser. To me, that's like a little bit less masculine, right? Like there's something masculine about like knowing who you are and standing up for that um, under pressure. So uh, I'm curious because I know, Faith is probably where the honor code was originated, right? Right, um, right. And like the Ten Commandments and all that, right? So right, right. can you say a little bit about your honor code or the honor code of the organization? Like what are some of the tenets that you hope that, you know, these guys bring into their lives? Man, that's a good one. I think uh, I got two things. I think the biggie is just kind of just uh, following God, you know what I'm saying, having him involved in your life. And then, um, and another thing I think is a guy society, we'd also talked about, um, and I think of this a lot, much of an honor code or anything, but it's something I think about. Let your yeses be yeses and your noes be noes. Yeah. Bro, I heard that. I was like, whoa. So when you say you yes to people, like with you, man, I'm going to be here, man. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm dying, I'm going to be here. You know what I'm saying? I, you, you're depending on me and I'm going to be here. I'm, I'm a man of my word. I try to do that about 99% of the time. Every once in a while, I kind of I, I miss some things, but I say I'm going to be here. I'm be here. Mm-hmm. And let your nose be noes too. Now, sometimes I have difficulty that because sometimes being assertive with people, I'm always working on that. But if you say no, that, that's it. No, not like, oh, no, yes, yeah, sometimes. No, man, I think that's probably being a man. I'm saying so, you mean it. And so that's what I've kind of learned. Also, when I've come back from these events, I felt like more sort of not aggressive and not angry, but like, more, oh, man, dude. You know what I'm saying? I just feel, man. And sometimes that got me in trouble. I was I sent an email, like a mass email to like 10 years ago to work and kind of just kind of challenge one of the leaders. Well, that didn't go well. <laughs> so, you know, that's between that didn't go well. I've learned I got to contain it sometimes. But I really realized I feel like, man, powerful. I feel like, you know, because I'm connected to God, connected to other men. And I realize, you know, masculinity is about being close to God, other men, and then doing what you say and um and treating your your wife like Christ um uh love the church, treating your, you know, your children um, you know, with uh, with love and uh, and then not only that, but I think it's maybe another thing is about community. Mm-hmm. It's not just about us, man. We're trying to reach other men. So we're trying to get out there. There's, there's more work to be done. 400, uh, uh, it sounds good, pretty impressive, but man, there could be there could be some of these things weekly across America. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And because uh, men need this sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I love what you're saying about um, dependability, right? Yeah, you said, man. Be, Being a man of your word, really committing um, and kind of knowing knowing who you are, right? And knowing who you are. That's right, man. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a big part of being a man. You know, I, I couldn't let you down, Mark. And if I did, I'd be like, well, I think I just lost that relationship. You'd be nice about it, but you'd be like, bro, this guy didn't even show up for my own podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be swimming upstream if I have to to get here. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. I mean, I, you know, I think our relationship is a little bit stronger than that, but yeah, it would have been right. a ding. It, no, like, no, it would have been a ding, a, right? A it would have been like, oh, right. Yeah, shit, that's true. I would have right? like, been forgiving, but, but no, we got to, whether it's, it's, it's big stuff like this or small things, hey, I'll call yeah. you tomorrow. Call him tomorrow. Right. I'll call her tomorrow. Right. Otherwise, you're like, well, that guy's not a really man of his word. He just kind of says things, but mm. so that's the thing. That I think you, through. Yeah. Firm, yeah, 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 man. So, yeah. What important. are some of the things that you've learned about yourself, either through your organization or maybe as you've gotten older, 
Mm-hmm. Anything that was just like, oh, wow, I didn't really know this about me, but I'm happy that I got the opportunity to, to learn that. Good question. Um, one of the men uh, who's sadly not involved in a group anymore, he's kind of just, he was on a leadership team, but he kind of left to do some other things. So that he's, it's good he's involved in other kind of faith-based stuff. But he once told me that, um, he says, man, you're a super encourager. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And I didn't even realize that. I just, you know, I um, I just like to encourage people, man. You know, and I, I don't know if I've heard about, if I've knew this through, through the organization or not, but um, maybe this is also part of the whole honor thing. But if someone will text me, then I always try to text them back. And if I can't text them immediately, I'll put a reminder in my phone to text them back mm-hmm. two hours later because I don't want anybody to be dropped. Mm-hmm. That's important to me. I think that's part of also my, my therapy training. But I just, I just, you know, I've learned that about myself. I'm a very caring man, and uh, I always root for the underdog. Um, and uh, and you know, and uh, that's underdog. But everybody, but especially for the underdog, and uh, and people are important to me, man. So I want to make sure that they know that I'm, I care, and I'm there for them. I'm reliable. You know, that's, that's the things that that's the things I kind of learned. I think about myself, man. You know, and, and I've learned that. Uh, no, I've also the main thing is that I've really learned through this organization, right, and just to be part of it, that. Uh, that I love talking about men's issues, man. Mm-hmm. What men struggle with, when they, when they do well, when they don't do so well, when they fall, um, and uh, and what's important to them when they burn out, when they need a trip, when they need it. Well, I like seeing when men hang around guys, they can be loose and they can just let loose and kind of cut up and do guy stupid stuff. You know what I'm saying? Cut jokes and rag on each other. That it's it's fun to see that all aspects of men. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I think I think you are a super encourager. I think you are like a oh, great role model you. for guys. And I love oh, that you're just you, out man. here, you know, on the show or in your life is talking about these issues and bringing light to it and helping to dispel the shame around it, right? I mean, I think so many yeah, guys just man. bury the stuff, like you said, with bottle or with the porn or with drugs or with, you know, affairs yeah, or whatever, right? And you're- Exactly. Like, no, you can come and talk about it. Um, yeah, so man. we got to wrap up here, Miguel. It's great having you on the show. Um, before we end, where can people find out more about you or more about your organization? Any websites or social media that you want to plug before we end? So three things. The, uh, to find out more about the, the, about the book or just the, you know, the uh, organization in general, that's unitedmenofhonor.com. To find out about events in Florida, upcoming events is flbob.com. And if you want to email me, I'm not on Facebook, I'm not on anything like that, you know what I'm saying, Instagram. I just got it old school. So you can email me at Miguel, that's M-I-G-U-E-L-L-E-W at gmail.com. Great. Fantastic. Well, thanks for being on here. Um, for listeners, thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next week on another episode of From the Ashes. Thank you for joining host Mark Azoulay on From the Ashes. Be sure to tune in again live next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Meet triumph and defeat and treat those two imposters the same.